just a quick note before you listen to this edition of the Ball Up Top preseason pod. There was a few issues. We had a couple technical issues, a couple misspoken issues that couldn't be fixed. But there was a lot of really good points made, so we decided to go ahead and push this one out as these preseason pods are more practice than anything else. So I hope you enjoy. Get your head in the game. And welcome to another preseason pod edition of Ball Up Top. This episode, we're going to cover the Southwest Division. I'm here with 3D himself, Darnell. How's it going, sir? That's right. I'm in the house. So we're going to cover the Southwest Division, which, considering the Texas teams and Zion and Ja Morant, this could be by far the most interesting division. It could be. (laughs) No, actually, yeah, that's some legitimacy there. It could be. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts here, but yeah, let's let's jump into it. So we're gonna start with the Memphis Grizzlies, who are of course being built around Ja Morant. They didn't really do much this offseason. I mean, they had the 30th pick in the draft and the 31st pick in the draft. So as if any late draft pick, that's kind of a crapshoot. Just kind of see what you get. So they're really banking on the on Ja Morant's growth at this point. Um, you go to Memphis, you go to see the Ja Morant. That's pretty much what it, I mean. They, I mean. Look, they do have some some good players around them, but that's pretty much where it stops. They've got good players around it. So we're going to go ahead and move on to the second team, which will be the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas has got a big two, and Porzingis and Luka. Mm-hmm. Luka really showed a lot of growth last year in the playoffs. Traded with they traded with the Sixers and they lost Seth Curry, which I think is a huge loss for how good of an outside shooter he is. But they brought in Josh Richardson to play defense, which is something that team really needed. Yeah, I, I think the um, the subtraction of Seth Curry it's 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 going to be a big loss. I I don't see where they were able to replace that shooting. So you know when you got a guy like Luca. Um, you know, a guy like like Curry helps to stretch the floor so that Luca can be Luca. Now it might be easier for teams to try and get the ball out of his hands. I think the big thing with Dallas is it's it's really going to come down to Porzingis's health. If Porzingis is healthy all season, then he can spread the floor for Luca. Yeah, that's true. But it's just good to have like a knockdown shooter as a release valve. It's just standing out there waiting who you have to legitimately respect. Like, you, you can't leave them wide open. So, you know, we'll see. But I, I think it's going to allow teams to be able to cheat a little bit more where they couldn't in the past, unless they got a guy who can make you pay. And so next we'll go on to what might be the most exciting team in the division, New Orleans Pelicans. Ooh. <laughs> Zion came out the other day and said he has no minutes restriction to start this season. They traded for Steven Adams. They got him from the Thunder. They traded and got Eric. Well, they traded away Drew Holiday and the guy Eric Bledsoe. The the real question is going to be is like watching Zion over the course of a season. Yeah. um, Look, man, I really don't like the the choice that they – 
they made for head coach for that ball club. But, um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. It may just work out. But, I mean, I just think this team has to get out and run. And if they get out and run and their chemistry is good, the sky is the limit for them. I feel like with as short as Zion's season was and the minute restrictions and the fact the season was cut short, because it almost feels like we're actually coming into Zion's year. He's going to be – I feel like he's going to be a pro. Yeah, he's going to make some bonehead mistakes, but you know what? This is this is B.I.'s responsibility, man. He should come in and really set the tone. And Zion is just – he's just that, that icing on the cake. Really, this should be Brandon Ingram's breakout. Like, I am here. He's looking at the lineup. I love the addition of Steven Adams. But what he's going to do is he's going to allow Zion to – not have to guard main post threats, which is going to feed into Zion blocking shots. Do you think Zion is a 20 and 10 guy this first full season? Or do you think we're looking at something a little less? I know we all know the excitement is going to be there and the, the dynamic plays are going to be there. But do you think that his like his averages are going to be all-star level averages? I do. <laughs> I'm sold. I'm sold on the whole Zion show, man. This dude is the real deal. If he stays healthy, the sky's the limit for this dude. He's not the kind of player you give the ball to up top and he breaks down the defense and gets buckets, right? He's the kind of guy that makes you pay in transition. He's on the offensive boards. You know what I mean? He's he's cleaning up, misses, and he's just getting put back dunks and lobs. Now, he does have a good enough step to get to the rim, and if he gets there, you know, good luck with that. So I, I do think he can be a 20-10 and 10 guy. Well, I believe he can be a 20-10 and 10 guy. I, I don't know if that's this year. My, the big question about the Pelicans is, is not the players for me. It is Stan Van Gundy. Yes, that's true. Some coaches coach with the players that they have. Some coaches coach with a system. And they and they just try to make players fit in their systems. D'Antoni was that kind of a coach. Like, no, we're playing this system. I don't care about what talents you have. If Van Gundy coaches to his players' talents and not to what he likes to do, they could be far better than I think they could be. Now, that that sets the table for maybe a future podcast. Are you really a coach then? Like, are you really a coach if you're a system guy? But like I said, that, that can be for another podcast. But, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. Um, but the reason that I think Zion will thrive is because you don't got to run plays for him. He's not the focal point on the team. Like, you better be paying attention to Brandon Megram. Are you going to, you know, he's going to be the one that's basically cooking you. Yeah. And Zion just comes out of nowhere. So the focal point of the offense is, I mean, I don't know what the coach is going to do. If I was coaching, my offense would run through Ingram. I mean, of course, it's going to be, you know, predicated off the ball. But, you know, my first option would be to get the ball to Ingram to see if we can get something there. And Ingram can be such a problem to draw a double team, and then there you go. 
you start breaking things down and it opens things up for a player like Zion. And um, Lonzo Ball will catch you slipping on the lob. I think they're going to be really fun to watch if just depending on how the coach, the, the coaching staff to, decides to coach them. And I feel like that's going to be something we're going to notice quick. Like within five yeah. games into the season, we're going to see, okay, this is whether this is a good hire or not. And, and it's going to be real. I mean, if they're running, then that's what the, this is. This is a running team. They're yeah. young bucks. Get out in transition. Just run guys out the gym. It's like they picked up uh, Eric Bledsoe on top of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, get your track shoes on if you're playing New Orleans. <laughs> and they have something that not that many teams in the league have. They have a point whose primary thought is to pass the ball. Yeah, and pass as well. Yes. I mean, he may have the best court vision in the league. It, he he's in that conversation. Yeah. Yes, you can argue that. Yes. So next, we're going to go to the team that the D Ricketts. once said should blow it all up. Man, they heard me. And they heard you. D'Antoni's gone. Russell, D'Antoni Russell. heard me. <laughs> <laughs> he did hear you. Russell Westbrook is gone. Robert Covington is gone. James Harden says he wants to be gone. So I'm gonna paint, I'm gonna paint the positive picture about this first. I actually see a scenario where the Rockets are pretty good. And then we'll discuss the reality of the James Harden situation. <laughs> All right. The Rockets' problem last year was they were they were a front-loaded team. They had two main players. They got rid of Capella. They had Eric Gordon coming off the bench. They had P.J. Tucker, whose job was just to defend, who was being put up against guys who were a half a foot taller than he was. They were just poorly constructed and with no one getting the ball, except for the two guys who had it. They brought in Christian Wood from the, from the Pistons, who... He really thrived last year to play their power forward. Mm-hmm. They, they brought in John Wall as trading for Russell Westbrook, who John Wall is more of a point guard than Russell is. I mean, granted, I don't know how much the last two years of being hurt is going to sap his athleticism. But from what I've seen, he looks pretty good. And then they brought in Boogie Cousins. Who, once again, same thing with Wall. He's been hurt for basically two years. I don't know how much that's going to sap from him. But on the high side, if Wall plays well, Cousins play well. Remember, they were in Kentucky together, and they wanted to play together since they've been in the pros. So that's already they already have a positive atmosphere between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Christian Wood remains who he was with the Pistons. And then you bring in James Harden to be that scoring that scoring two guard that he is. I feel like this team is actually better than any team that they've put out the last few years. The problem with the problem with my stance is there's a whole lot of what ifs. I've got Houston, man. They're they're in a heap of trouble still. And the the reason being is because the heart the Harden thing. Um, that's the main problem. But the other two are the two question marks you brought up, and Wall and Cousins, both of them, you know, 
coming off of injuries, you know, just being out for, you know, extended amount of time and then trying to come back and play at an NBA level. Man, there's a whole lot of things that can go wrong, even if you do get rid of Harden. If you do get rid of Harden, what are you going to get back for him? If you do get something back for him, are Cousins and Wall going to be there? Are they going to be healthy? Too many question marks with this ball club. Yeah, well, so the thing with Harden is this, though. Harden is a mess that Houston created. Let's remember, like, when they first got Harden, he was a sixth man coming off the bench for OKC. And they got they 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 made the trade for him, and I and I'll be the first one of the first to admit it. I was wrong at the time. I thought that the Thunder got enough for James Harden. I thought they actually got a lot for him. The way James Harden's game has grown, like I was wrong, but pretty much let James Harden give James Harden everything he wants. And this is the third time in the last four years that James Harden has asked to be traded. Because he felt like the team wasn't a contender. I kind of have some thoughts and issues with that. With, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, you know, get on that, you know, shut up and dribble point of view of things. But, dude, when are you going to just own up and just play ball? You're making calls to get things done, to get guys moved in, moved out, yada, yada, yada. They're making all these concessions for you. Like, when are you going to prove in the postseason that you're worth all this hoopla? You know, if if I'm Houston, I mean, you're in a rock and a hard place because not a lot of teams won't harden anyway. And you're not going to get the worth by trading him, I don't know. It's a mess. I wouldn't want him on my team. If I was Houston and he didn't want to be there, I would want to get him out of there. I mean, they're, they're I don't know, maybe, oh, my goodness, it's bad. They're in a position where they should be trying to do something that maybe OKC is, is trying to do. You're just in a rebuild. Just wipe the slate clean and try and rebuild it. So Tim McMahon from ESPN was on the Brian Winhurst podcast the other day. And he was, and I'm going to read a quote from him. He said he wanted Dwight Howard and then he wanted him out. And then he wanted Howard gone. Chris Paul, then Chris Paul gone. Russell Westbrook, then Westbrook gone. He wanted Kevin McHale and Kevin McHale, then Kevin McHale gone. The point being is they've literally given him they've given him three Hall of Fame players who were, if not in their prime, close to their prime. And what's it say that none of those three players wanted to really play with him anymore? I'm looking Maybe at this. So what Giannis was saying, man. <laughs> Giannis said he wanted to play with somebody who wants to pass the ball, even though I think that Harden would be a good fit in Milwaukee. I think, well, I think it's not about fit, though. One, one, Milwaukee really doesn't have anything to give them. Mm-mm. I'll be interested to see, granted, whether he stays in Houston or not is irrelevant. 
what system they run with Dan Coney gone. Can James Harden go play in a system where he's not the system? Like, okay, in the NBA, like, is there a team out there who would look from a distance and be like, man, if we had James Harden, like, yeah, that would put us over the top. Like, yeah, we should get James Harden over here. I know New Jersey is is campaigning for it. But that's but I don't all, think they're fit. That's all bad. It is. It James Harden's list of teams that he he wants to play for, and understand James Harden has two years left on his deal. So until the next trade deadline coming up, he has no leverage. But he's he put down he would want to go to Philly or New Jersey or New Jersey my or Brooklyn I should say or Miami or the Bucks. I think I think Brooklyn is just bad. I think it's just like it's just a bad fit. I don't think Harden gives you anything but scoring, and that's something that team doesn't even need. Right, like somewhere like Miami, he would have to go there and be Clark Kent, and then it's not even worth it. Well, he doesn't fit in the Miami culture to begin with. Miami is about playing hard nosed defense. Right. So no, it's so a no. no in Miami. And these are the teams he wants. So that leaves us with Milwaukee, who he and Giannis have issues, but that can be overcome. But the Bucks really don't have anything to give them. Nope. So then it takes, then it goes to the Sixers, and and Houston keeps at asked from the Sixers they want either Embiid or Simmons, and I wouldn't give up either one of them for James Harden. No. So then you have to start looking outside of them, and to me, I just I whatever the best offer is. I'm just going to send him. If Sacramento makes the best offer, then I will send him to Sacramento. Yeah, it's like, look, okay, see, give me some of those draft picks for James Harden. Yes. And just start over, man. You got Wall, you got Cousins. Pray that they're healthy. You got draft picks. You're rebuilding. And the thing is, is OKC has a bunch of their, a bunch of Houston's draft picks from the Russell Westbrook trade. (laughs) So it's almost like we'll give you James Harden, just give us back our own draft picks. Yep. And so we'll go ahead and move past James Harden to the last team in the division, which is the San Antonio Spurs. And I love Popovich. But boy. Boring. Since we're getting ready to go into our predictions, anyways, I'm going to say like this is I've never said this. And I, I've been thinking it, but I think the Spurs are actually going to finish last in that division. They're on a downward trend right now, and I don't see that improving. No, they are in rebuilding mode, and that's pretty much it. Right? They're not even they're not trying to hide it or disguise it. They're not making any crazy moves. They're just existing. <laughs> I, and I would never think I would say be saying that about a Popovich team, and and because it's a Popovich team, like I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. But I'm looking at the other four teams in the division. Short of the Rockets just falling the pieces, even worse. I don't see the Spurs being able to pass anybody. Yeah, um, I mean, I've I've got them close, but I think I'm gonna keep uh, I'm gonna keep the Grizzlies there, man. 
I don't think they're strong. I mean, they've they've got a superstar guy there who's going to win them some games. He's going to will them pass some games, but he's not a big guy. So if something happens, you know, God forbid, but if he, like, gets injured or something like that, and I I could definitely see something like that happen to him. So I'm going to put the Grizzlies in last place. So who do you have for fourth? I'm going to go Spurs right there, Uh, you know. I got the Spurs coming in fourth, um, like you said, just on the strength of the the Popovich effect. You know, they find some ways to to get it done, but, you know, they they still fall short. I have the Grizzlies fourth because they do have a franchise player. That's something the Spurs don't have. With the third pick, I'm going to go Mavs. Wow. Yep, I did it. I did that. Doncic, Porzingis, they ball out. They're going to be in the playoffs, but I got the Pelicans just a hair ahead of them. I like this young nucleus, and I know the coaching is a big question mark, but um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that he goes in and 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 coaches smart and not coach a system, or if he does coach a system, it's the right one that works for them, but. I, I'm going to always favor smart coaching. So hopefully he goes in and, and coaches smart. And, um, yeah, they win this division, man. I think Zion is that electric. So in the third, I have the Rockets. Uh, if Harden plays, Harden will be Harden. I think there's going to be nights that they're incredible, and there's going to be nights that they're not. You know, Steven Silas, their coach, this is his first head coaching job, so I'm not sure – what he's going to bring to the table. I'm not sure how Wall and Cousins and Harden are going to respond to him. Got a bunch of vets with a rookie head coach. In second, I have the Pelicans. And in first, I have the Mavs. So do you have the Pelicans or the Rockets for first? I have the Pelicans for first. I have the Mavs second, and I have the Rockets third. So and I and I really do believe the Pelicans and the Mavs can be interchangeable, but I mean, look, I, I like I like the Pelicans, man. I just I got a good feeling about this Eric Bledsoe edition. I see these guys, man. They they can get up and down the floor, man. You got Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Stephen Adams. I like more than anything else the balance they have in their lineup. One through five, they might be the most the most balanced front, you know, starting lineup in the in the NBA. Yeah, Where, yeah. And, I I think their their weakest link is is the Stephen Adams piece, but I believe the other pieces around him are going to make up for you know all, all his all his lack. It's not like they brought him in anyways for defense and rebounding. And with that, we're going to wrap up the Southwest Division. See you guys next time. Yep, yep. Get your head in the game.